Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, where it's actually warmed up two more degrees. We have uh, zoomed up to six below zero. Here on this Saturday when we talk real estate, and you're always welcome to join in on the conversation either by phone or by text as always. And before we say hi to Chris and Andy, let me give you our numbers. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807 for your text messages related to real estate. Uh, good morning, guys. Good to see you again. Good morning. I, uh, yeah. we, we, a lot of us, a lot of folks are talking about, of course, the big game and people, you know, renting their garages for a million dollars a night or whatever. We're going to talk about that. But uh, can I ask you guys, as usual, how your uh, the previous week was in real estate this past? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, January's picking up just like uh, we, we thought it would. Um, people are kind of getting uh, their houses on earlier than they should have or, or thinking they could have because uh, the market is – the market's going. It's moving and we need inventory out there. That's for sure. I know I've been uh – this last week, personally, with a lot of families saying, you know, hey, there's great opportunities. We're seeing them, you know, jump up. We're, we're kind of getting out of character. We normally like to put the house up for sale, get an offer, then we go out and look for the house. And we're seeing kind of that change where we're seeing a lot of the opportunities coming up. And it's forcing us to make decisions financially, like, do I buy contingent, non-contingent? And so the market's it, changing a lot. That's that's interesting when you say that because we did. We went through a, a time that it was – you know, no problem. If you want to buy our house contingent upon something, that's that's super fine. No problem. Go ahead and take your time to sell it. And now that's not happening as much. There's some cases of that where people are able to, you know, purchase a house contingent upon the sale of their own home. But uh, it's that's probably usually kind of in the upper bracket market where they don't move as fast. Right. Yeah. Or the unique situation where there's a larger acreage or it's a, like you're saying, the higher price points, the unique property that has unique styling or something too that has a little more market time than average, and so that that seller will be a little more you know lenient and and uh, reasonable with offers that come in contingent. So, what are we looking at as far as new construction in your respective uh, uh, places of interest? Well, Andy's, yeah, I mean, as like you said, I, I kind of work a lot of the south and west uh, right. metro, mm-hmm. and Andy's. Uh, uh, where do you live again? Everywhere else. Yeah. Everywhere else. The rest of the <laughs> Andy's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Andy deals with new construction uh, all the time. We're we're seeing um, a lot of b- boom happening. Actually, um, kind of that that South Metro area. Uh, the big national builders are coming in, and mm-hmm. you know, you talk about that big game. Yeah. And uh, out at Mystic Lake. I mean, have you get? When's the last time you guys been out there? I heard it, it was just it's, redone. It's unbelievable. Really? I mean, it's like a, its own little city out there. But that Club Nomad, I guess, didn't get finished, and so they can't do the concerts. They had to move inside. But uh, anyways, there's, there's a lot of concentration, a lot of building up over there. Yeah, well, and the same on the north. Uh, well, I'm actually work with a builder that covers the whole Twin Cities, and, and we're not seeing any really what I would call cold pockets. We're seeing more hot pockets. We're seeing a lot of the uh, two-story, I call them kind of the mini-executive, where they're that – you know, four fifty to six hundred thousand. They they have you know twenty eight hundred to thirty two hundred finished square feet above ground. Um, some of them have sport courts. Probably not 
as many as we thought would, but it's uh, it's definitely an interesting concept. Again, with the changing consumer, the way they buy, creating an environment where the kids want to hang out at their house and not at the neighbors or at the you know their friend's house. And um, so yeah, no, it's 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 definitely nice, and I th- I think that there's rates have been helping with interest rates staying lower mm-hmm. still. And then the uh, cost of construction now starting to creep up. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And so there was a lot of buyers in the fall. You'll see the numbers here in about a month that will reflect what we were talking about, where there was just literally a a crowd of people coming in to write deals at the end of the year. You know, a lot of people are concerned about the taxes and what those taxes are doing, the new tax laws. Uh, Next week, Chris Mahold with MFK and Associates is going to be on. Okay. And then uh, we're also going to have Chris Gallerin. He's the president of our Realtor Association, kind of to recap what kind of kind of concluded here in 2017 and what we're looking forward to in 2018. So that's going to be let us, uh, next week. Maybe let us take a sneak peek at some of those reports that come out at the end of the month. Yeah, exactly. But he's joined us in the past. Uh, yeah. Times, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Again, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I know we're going to get a phone call or two during this hour as well. Yeah. Eric Anderson from Minnesota Home Rental is going to call. Just going to kind of touch base on that that uh, that big game uh, yeah. individual rentals and maybe a kind of a little um, state of the union on what rentals are actually doing. I mean, we're dealing with that a lot um, mm-hmm. with rentals. Uh, we don't. I mean, we have the ability through the MLS to be able to post them, you know, and uh, do rentals. Uh, we don't do it as much. Most of the local right. companies do that uh, and, and and manage them. So they've got just a lot better. Uh, I don't know. They know what's happening in that market, so we're going to have Well, and I think their market's changing, too. We keep talking about this stuff, but there's – we just for the first – I think it was last month we were starting to see some of the regs that were coming out saying that there was um, finally a peak or a stop to the growth of the rental market. It's actually starting to cap a little bit. So as that happens, now you're going to start seeing the the rental rates possibly, you know, slow down a little bit. They've been raising, you know, 5 6% a year the last – Amazing. Yeah, it is. It really – I don't know how people afford to rent. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's crazy. And so it, it'll, I think you'll see a little bit more of a balance because right now we're still seeing an extreme situation where it makes way, uh, I mean, financially anyway, a lot more sense to buy than to actually rent. It's less money. And with the tax deductions we're going to talk about next week, we still get to keep those and that helps a little bit too. And, and you know, when you talk about rentals too, I mean, I have rentals and, um, you know, and you say how much it is and how expensive it is, but you know, when you have repairs to do mm-hmm. uh, from an owner standpoint, and you know, and you're doing whatever twenty four hundred to forty eight hundred dollars a year. That's two to four hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That you know, maybe someone's paying on rent, and they don't have to worry about those kind of things. So, I mean, I I don't know. I think sometimes, I mean, we're in the business of selling homes and making home ownership. Sure. Um, but I think sometimes uh, renting makes a lot of sense for people. Oh, well, like you know? from a lifestyle perspective, there's no argument there that for sure. There's times where there's transitioning and there's whatever, but. There's a lot of times where when you look at the amount of money that someone pays if they rent their entire life, the amount of money that goes into rentals is is pretty hard to argue that that was a good choice because especially if they stayed in the same place for 25 years, that that landlord is just loving that person because they basically paid for the building for them. Thank you very much. And uh, and you get nothing for it. So except your next rent. So I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, I know we're getting some phone calls and text messages. Let's take a break here. And we'll come back on the other side. If you do have a real estate question, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. It's right now six below zero in the Twin City Skies affair. We could reach near four above later today. Stay tuned to CCO. 
And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show where your phone calls and text messages always welcome. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Chris and Andy, uh, Eric's on the line. You want to set this uh, phone call up uh, yeah. for us? Well, it's Eric Anderson. He's with Minnesota Home Rental. He's, uh, he's been on this show before in the past. Sure. Um, probably quite a few, quite a few yeah. years ago. Eric, it's been a little while. How are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Eric? <laughs> How are you doing good? I'm doing good. Say, uh, we were just, uh, talking about that big Super Bowl, um, coming up and we've had, uh, we've actually had a lot of text questions on that. We have. I've got some Facebook stuff on that. Um, and people talking about how, uh, they, uh, are getting millions of dollars for their one bedroom <laughs> condo. And yeah. So, <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> what insight can you give us? Um, you know, I've, I've, I've looked up a lot of, a lot of them recently and, uh, they're all over the board. If you do have a one bedroom condo and you're downtown, uh, well, a lot of them, a lot of the buildings won't allow rentals at all, um, actually. So that's something you'd have to look into. And they're, I guess, they're finding people pretty good for for renting it out when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, but otherwise, there's a lot of there's a lot of single family homes, and there's a lot of uh, condos condos available anywhere from a couple hundred dollars a month or a, a day to uh, several seven to ten thousand dollars a day. Or so, yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, and, and people are paying it too. And I'll tell you, you know, we saw that with the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, but it wasn't like everyone was getting it. You know, it's not like, no. you know, everyone thinks that uh, you can rent out your house and everyone's going to get, you know, 10000 for the night. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just right. not yeah. the case. It, it's not going to happen. And some of them are all, you know, even 25, 30 miles away. I saw some that were looking for 2500 a night. And then uh, you're looking at some of them that are right downtown or South Minneapolis, uh, Northeast Minneapolis that are three to $400 a night. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's a little more reasonable than yeah. what uh, people people are thinking. How about overall in the rental market out there? Is it uh, it's, it's pretty tight? Inventory low? Yeah, inventory is very low. It's a lot easier to a lot easier to find tenants right now than it is homes to rent. Um, yeah, it's a very very low low uh, inventory and of homes for renters. Yeah, there's actually a text question that came in and asked how is rental inventory for single family homes? Um, yeah, very, very low. Yeah, and I don't know what uh, I don't know what that word is. Is it is it converting or something? It converting to, to, to owner occupied? Yeah, and I think well, I think Andy, you can throw in on this one too mm-hmm. um, with Eric here that I think it's that's what people are doing that have been renting and maybe are frustrated with renting. They're finally able to get rid of that house and be able to sell it to someone else. Are you seeing? Right. Yeah, Eric, are yeah, you seeing I'm, owners? Um, are you seeing owners? Uh, you know that are that have the rentals selling it to other people that want to rent it, or like to single family. Oh, they're typically selling them back to a single family, uh, not a not an investor. Uh, the investor market hasn't been as, as hot either, even though it, it probably should be right now. <laughs> is that now? Is that causing rents to raise monthly? Yes. Yes. In the what? Rents are up. Uh, like it? Give me a percentage or an oh, example. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say fifteen to twenty percent higher than it was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and they're and they're going much faster too. Yeah. How about the how about the upper bracket type listings? You know that people that are getting that four to five thousand dollars a month. Is there a market uh, there? Oh, 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 yeah. There is for everything. Um, you know, again, there's a lot less inventory there than there is going to be at twelve hundred a month. Um, but then there's not much to pick from. So, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's anybody looking for that is going to have a hard time finding it. Um, and then, and when they do, uh, you know, there's typically multiple people. Yeah, where, where do you suggest people that are looking for rentals? Where, where do they look on? Uh, well, Minnesota, MNHomeRental.com, of course, is our our site, and we'd be happy to help you look for them. 
but uh, you know the number one the number one rental site still is Craigslist huh. by a long shot. Yeah, a lot of people post their stuff still really? on Craigslist. Yeah, it, I think yep. that's costing money now, though, doesn't it? I don't uh, even no. know. We used to do all our rentals. Uh, we we'd post them on Craigslist, and I thought they charged for that. I don't know. Maybe they uh, do. Nope, we haven't had any. Nope, we're we're not paying for Craigslist. Yeah, you hmm. guys would know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So. yeah, that's where a lot of a lot of leads come from there. Yeah, you know, you still have to be careful with it when you're looking at them, and if it, if something looks too good to be true, it probably is uh, because there's also plenty of scams on. Them. Um, out there. Well, hey, Eric. So I, this is Andy, uh, and I, yeah. you know, I have some questions too with the um, some of my clients of ours that are that are, you know, maybe they're in that age of where they're, hey, I'm going to head to Arizona and I want to be gone for, you know, six months in in the winter, and then I want to come back. And in the meantime, they've been asking, you know, can you get the, the is it a smart move or what are the advantages of having shorter term rentals, maybe just in the winter months when they're not occupying the property as a source of income or as a source of just having a tenant in there just to occupy like in weather like today where, you know, just making sure that the heat's on and, and nothing's freezing. What what are your thoughts on, on the shorter term rental market? Is it smart? You, you know, I, well, it certainly can be if you're, if, you know, if you're coming back and you're, and you're leaving for a, a good six months like that uh, to have a three to four month tenant in there would be great. And there's not that many places that people that, there's not too many people that want to do that because they, so, or, you know, typically you're not going to find a homeowner that wants to rent their house out for three to four months. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, it'd be perfect because most people who want short-term are also looking for something that's furnished, and and um, most people who are moving to a new house, you know, aren't taking they're taking the furniture. So sure. it's a well, lot we, easier to you know that, that would actually work out perfect in that situation. Yeah, and we picked that up up in Alexandria. Actually, I've got some of my uh, cabin buddies up there that they lease out their cabins in the winter to the kids up at the college up there. So. By the time we're pulling the docks out, the kids are moving in, and it's kind of a great swap. And then come spring, we're putting docks in; they're kicking them out, and it's uh, it works out really nice for for both groups. So, I think that there's you know in in that kind of situation though, I think what what are the fears of the of the owner? I mean, is it is it the damage? Is it you know do you have to charge too much or what? Or, you know, I guess what, well, I what the, you know the nice thing is for a short term rental, you can usually get more money because it is furnished and and there aren't there aren't very many out there. Uh, the yeah, the downside is that there's no potential for damage, but that's going to be with any, you know, any type of rental. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a good, good thorough background check, uh, you can prevent 99% of that. And what do you think? What's fair? I mean, is it? A, you, can you get an extra 500 or a thousand dollars a month with doing a short-term rental like that? Or what? What's a you fair? Know, it depends on the depends on the size of the house. You know, if it's a two-bedroom, small two-bedroom, you're not going to get an extra 500, but you might get an extra couple hundred. Okay. Um, if it's a, you know, if it's a house on Lake Minnetonka, you. Maybe you can get five, six hundred thousand dollars, or a month. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, Eric. We appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks, uh, Mike, Chris, man. Okay. You bet. Have a good yeah. one. Okay. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. By the way, if you have a real estate question, we have an open line for it. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text. We have a few of those already. Eight one eight zero seven. You gonna say something, Chris? I was just gonna say one of the questions was when renting for the Super Bowl, will it jeopardize your homeowner's liability? And I mean, if you're if mm-hmm. you're doing that, you one hundred percent let your insurance agent know. Yeah, because there's got there there are rules there for sure. I mean, Absolutely. just because you want to rent it out doesn't mean you're allowed to with with the different programs you're paying. Because you might realize that hey, the month that you rent out that house might cost you so many more dollars per month to have it as a rental to cover the liability of somebody that is not a 
a tenant or, or excuse me, a, a guest of yours. Now they're a tenant and there's different rules and laws that apply. And, and for sure, that's a great advice, Chris, call the insurance company. I wonder how long, what, what window uh, opportunity if somebody is able to rent their place, you know, during before and after this game, how long of a stretch is it? Is it three days? Is it 10 days? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Good right. Yeah, yeah, I would, I mean, I would, Thing. People coming to town a week beforehand. Yeah, I was just talking to a guy who's yeah. doing an event. A super, it's a Super Bowl event on Wednesday. You know, before the Sunday games. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know, it's a week full of uh, events and stuff like that. So people are in there. You know, and, and maybe stay after. But I think the more um, prime that place is, mm-hmm. the more yeah. longer you're going to be able to get it rented for. Because it's kind of like, hey. If I, you want to stay here, you got to you got to give me this long. I mean, you see a lot of that Airbnb mm-hmm. um, sure. kind of stuff. That if it's if it's good location, like he was talking Lake Minnetonka. I mean, in the summer you don't have a choice. If you want to rent it, it might be you got to rent it for a month, right. or it's got to be at least a week. But in the winter, they might do it by the day. Yeah, you know. So. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, let's take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you want to join in, either by phone or by text. Fair skies here on CCO. It's six below zero. We may hit four above today. Also beginning uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night, we could get up to one to three new inches of snow. You stay tuned to CCO. Right now, six below zero. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCCO. Chris and Andy in studio. If you do have a, a related question, we always like to invite you either by phone or by text to call it in or text it in. Phone number is 651-989-9226 and the text is 81807. Chris and Andy, where do we go here? Yeah, we've got a, a interesting article, uh, sales analysis from Zillow. Zillow is one of the websites that uh, everyone uh, a lot of people uh, see and look at, and it, there's the old Zestimates. Those are uh, up for uh, discussion all the time because mm-hmm. uh, you never know. Uh, they can only work on their analytics, so they don't go out and look at each house and say, hey, this is what it's worth. It's okay. based on a lot of different uh, algorithms and and uh, neighboring sales and stuff like that. So if you're if you haven't had something sell for a long time, it's hard for it to judge it. Mm-hmm. Or if you have in a neighborhood, that's not. And so those estimates can be off and on. But they have a lot yeah. of sales data. And uh, I think one of the interesting things is uh, how much of the offers are over full price. Right. Well, and you know, Chris, I think the thing is, is that a lot of the um, sellers that are out there think that, oh, if I, I list my house, it's going to for sure sell for more than asking price. You and I talk about pockets. We talk about de- you know areas that are in more demand or cities that are in more demand um, where that kind of behavior is the norm. And so what happens is it, it gets thrown into the law of averages. So if there was not one house in the city that you live in that was ever over asking price this year, but the one next to you had you know 50% of them, you have a 25% of the people in your town are coming in over asking price on their offers. So it's kind of interesting data, but I think that a lot of people also are wondering like, where's the market going to go? Is it going to keep just, you know, growing six, 8% a year? Cause that's a little ahead of what we consider healthy. You know, we like to see that three to, you know, 4%. Um, but what it really balances out with Danny is when it gets into the incomes of the average earners, you know, so they look at like how much did the across the board, the earnings go up in the twin cities for earners and did it go up or did it go down or did it lay flat? And if the housing goes up and the earning stays flat, it create you can almost imagine going on a line creates that little bit of a bubble. And so what happens is there's corrections. But don't right, say that word. 
Well, no, but if you if you look at the numbers, there is no bubble. And when people keep saying right. what's happening, market's going crazy. There is no bubble. They're running fairly close it's to parallel. Mm-hmm. I think this year was the first year where we saw the, the housing go just a little bit above the incomes, but that's okay. I mean, and that was a lot of the dry inventory that you know you're referencing and and uh, activities being played. And so, Denny, if, so you know, and with that stat, so what what percentage of offers do you feel that uh, were over full price in Minnesota this year? Just in Last Minnesota, year, 2017. Yep. Last year. Um, which percentage? Fifteen? Thirty-five point three percent. Yeah, you're kidding. But I, but I think, yeah, that that's interesting. <laughs> uh, for an average of three percent over full price, which equals about sixty-one hundred dollars, is what they have um, on here. But we we get that a lot. We get with offers, and I guess I don't know on this uh, study if they included that. But typically, three percent usually reflects on how much buyer's closing costs are. Yeah. And so people paying more, that, I mean, the closing costs could be involved in that. Well, well, for sure, especially with the high percentage of the first-time home buyers that are hitting the market. And that's where the, the push, you know, the wave across the rest of the market happens is that first-time buyer that gets into the marketplace that goes in there and they have their 3.5% down and they want to finance the closing costs so they can get in with as little amount of money as possible. And then what happens is that just kind of rolls out to the to the bigger homes because everybody starts upgrading. Or moving up, or you know, so it's an interesting concept, interesting study. I mean, I think that 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 is very fair, and um, yeah, and I think obviously, is it now? Is this going to continue? I guess is the question. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think with tight inventories, that's what you're going to see. You know, if there's not as much to choose from, because and that's what's happening is that all of a sudden these houses come flopping on the market, mm-hmm. and then people attack them. And they all come in because they're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they go see it. And then that excitement happens. And then they start pushing that over full price. But just to be a numbers guy. So let's say that in your average, in your neighborhood, it's $300,000 is what all the houses have sold for in your neighborhood. If you list that $300,000 and somebody comes in 3% over, you know, so they're 9,000 over your asking price. That's what we're talking about. If you're the one guy or gal that lists that, you know, 319.9, and then you don't understand where you're not getting multiple offers. You don't get to pick the price. The market tells you where the value is. We're talking about houses that are priced appropriately for the market conditions that are there. And then those houses are getting a little bit over because they're not afraid of two or three or $6,000 when you pay that much more for a house. When you're already overpriced, you're not going to see that activity level. That's, a, that's actually a really good point. It somebody, is. somebody write this down. <laughs> I know. But it is. I mean, it, and it's interesting because, I mean, this is the, the argument we have. I, I wouldn't say an argument, but a discussion that we have with sellers all the time mm-hmm. in that, hey, you know what? We should go 399 and not try to go 409 or 4199 because you're, you're bringing in, you're, you're creating that excitement. And a lot of times when you go 399.9 or 419.9, you're going to get more money by going 399.9. Mm-hmm. You know, than you'd ever get, and people Instead say, "Well, we got we got to be able to negotiate." Well, right. yeah, there, there's some negotiation involved, but not if a bunch of people want it. Right. You know, that's the position that you want to be able to be well, in, and, and not s- to undercut it, yeah, but to to price it right. Well, and that that's the scary part, I think, for most people listing their houses when they say, "I want it sold in less than thirty days," and a real estate agent says, "Well, you want a feeding frenzy? Let's list at that three eighty nine nine, ten grand under," and they're like, "Oh, no, 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 I can't do that because I don't want to lose that money." But what happens is everybody recognizes the deal. They'll see it's a deal on Zillow. They're going to see it's a deal on the tax records. They're going to see that compared to the other houses in the neighborhood that sold, it's a deal. So people will pay more for that deal just to get in. And then if there's the competitiveness, which happens in that arena, you will see people pay more. So you will see 305, 310, whatever. So. And what it does too is it also 
um, has the ability to overlook the challenges of the house. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're um, next to some power lines mm-hmm. that are behind there, you know, people start justifying those. But if those power lines are up and it hasn't sold for sixty days, then it's kind of like you know what we're going to get electrocuted and we're get cancer. <laughs> You know, and they they come up with the craziest things, and uh, but it but it's it's really true. Know. You know, and once you kind of get rid of those, I always talk about the pond. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful pond, but eventually, when that house sits, it, it becomes a swamp, and there's lizards that come out and attack you. You know, it's funny, Denny, because we when we were out there picking our lots, you know, when we're, we're as new developments come about, and we're like, okay, wow, cul de sac lot, it has beautiful views of the pond. Or whatever. And so we'll pick lots based on what we see as major, you know, selling features. And then you'll get people come in and going, excuse me, do you have any safe lots that aren't on water? And you're like, oh my gosh. So, you know, there's a lot for every person and there's, and then, then that's a great point, Chris, is that you may, you want to make sure to accentuate um, the positives, you price it fair. And then they, they realize it's not a brand new house. They're going to overlook some of the things that are in the house or maybe, you know, like you said, some of the buying decisions that you made a mistake on, like you bought it on the busy, busy road or whatever. They'll forgive some of those things when they buy. Absolutely. They overlook them. And then, you know, on the, if you're on a busy road, it becomes, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be able to find my house easier, mm-hmm. you know, because it can be found. And if you're not going to buy it, it's like everyone crashes and rolls into your front step, you know, and it, it is, and it's, it's amazing. And it, and it, it's the only right thing to do as a realtor. You have to tell them that. Mm-hmm. If you don't tell them that, you're just, you're not doing your job because you got to give them the positives and the challenges. You know, ultimately that seller's got to make that decision. But, right. uh, if you, if you don't do it, I mean, you could, you could really hurt someone bad. Well, and, and comparables, at the beginning. you're right. And the comparables too. The other thing to consider is that if you have two houses in the same development, they're both the Daisy Lynn model. And that Daisy model that's on one side of the road has power lines in the back and a busy road. And on the other side, they have walkout lots and they're on a pond. There's a consumer out there that will pay more for the one across the street than the one that's on the, the other side of the street and vice versa. Right. And you just got to find that right buyer. Right. Right. You can always find the right buyer. Let's go to the phones. I think Roger has been waiting there in Lake Elmo to ask a question. Go ahead, Roger. Thank you. Good, good morning. Good morning. So my brother was totally convinced the stock market was going to crash uh, this past fall, and so he sold all his stock. Oh, ouch! <laughs> and I, yeah, I know. And I was a little more conservative. I just uh, sold a fourth of mine, so I've got one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars kind of liquid in my uh, Schwab account. And one of the things we're considering doing is uh, paying off our mortgage, which is about sixty-five thousand dollars. And I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that. I, yeah. Congratulations. I, I think that's, no, good, good problems, yeah. right? I mean, it, if you want that, uh, I don't want to have to think about a mortgage. It's a mental battle with you that you say, I just want to feel at ease that I own this place free and clear. You know, it, it, there's something to be said for that. I also know that, you know, like my grandfather told me, he says, no matter if you pay cash for a house or not, you're still going to have expenses related to it. You still have to pay your taxes. You still have to maintain it. You still have to, you know, keep things up to speed. So there's always expenses. So to me, you're losing a tax deduction potentially. I'm not an accountant, but I mean, there's there's a lot of pros and cons of that. And I and I look at it and I say, you know, that's pretty inexpensive money on your sixty five thousand. You know that you could use that sixty five elsewhere, and I think uh, capitalize uh, more on it. But that's me. I'm a little more risky, you know. But I mean, if that mm-hmm. money is going to sit in a savings account at one percent, and you're paying five percent on your mortgage, well, then yeah, get rid of it. But I, I guess I think that's a lot of people's dream, really. Is to pay off their mortgage. I mean, I don't think it doesn't happen a ton, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's more than you think, but uh, a lot of people are pretty. I mean, it was high a crazy number. Job. I thought I heard like it was like almost forty percent of the Twin Cities does not have mortgages. Yeah. 
Which it's a, it's a pretty high. Na- it's higher here na- than wow. it is nationally, and that's, that's I'm I'm guessing on that. I remember it was high 30s, and that's higher here. That's why we have a very stable market here too. There is a lot of people that don't have to sell. Oh yeah, truly don't have to sell. Uh, if you have a question, real estate question, six five. Thank you, Roger. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text number is eight one eight zero seven. Let's take a quick break. And be back on the other side with more of the real estate show here on CCO. Skies are fair, six below zero, maybe four above today, maybe 14 above tomorrow. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. Denny Long here with uh, Chris and Andy. Your questions uh, leading the way either by phone or by text. And guys, we did get a text that I would like to uh, get your feelings about. And here it is. I'll just uh, quote it directly. Hey, guys, what impact long-term will be the new tax law I have on single-family homes, i.e. limiting interest and other deductions to $10,000. Any thoughts on that one? Yes. Yeah, we have thoughts, and uh, that's good. Chris Mahold will be in next week, too, to kind of talk about um, some of those things. And I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big believer on it's, – it's about consumer confidence, and I think mm-hmm. that's what drives our markets, obviously – um, consumer confidence is probably not super good if the interest rates are high and uh, values are going down. But I think consumer confidence is the one thing that's uh, going to keep it going. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, well, I, obviously, it's the bigger houses that are going to be the problem and uh, with tax deductions. But I guess I don't know the whole impact from both sides that, I mean, is it going to really affect them on a day thing or are they not going to buy because of that? I don't think so. Well, you know, you, you and I talked about this, Chris, before where we said, hey, does the guy that or the gal that buys that, you know, $2 million house, are they buying it and financing it because they want the interest deduction? Probably not. You know, they're they're putting that house into a trust. They're probably trying to actually, there there's different tax things happening there that we are way more complex than we want to talk about here that they may be doing to to actually, you know, better perform for their family. On a on an entry level, getting people off the fence to become homeowners, that was always, I think, the motivation behind it was to get people to say, hey, you know, get out there. Let's make you a homeowner. Let's, you know, that's why we lobby so hard for it is that when people, and they talk about the effects of the community and, and how it's a positive, there's a lot of rollover that's good. And there's nothing wrong with rentals. Don't, we, I don't want to go on that path. But from a homeownership perspective, there were a lot of benefits that the National Association of Realtors saw. And that's why they lobbied so hard, Denny. It was unbelievable how hard the National Association of Realtors fought for you as a, as a listening consumer and a homeowner in this last, uh, you know, jobs and tax bill. And so to me now, you, you talk to a guy like me, I think it was all diversion. I think they were, you know, trying to take something away that we all feared to distract us from something that they were trying to do on the other side of the tax bill. But that's that's just me. Um, and they, oh, okay, we'll give you that. Well, they gave it to us, but what else did they get? You know, and there's a whole other conversation right. next weekend to have with that. But it's um, we do have a free copy. If anybody that's listening would like to receive it, I have a. Um, it's the uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. What it means for homeowners and real estate professionals. That if you want to, you know, send us an email to the show or respond via fee- our Facebook, um, we can send you guys out a copy of that as well. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's a real uh, detailed sheet too. But I, you know, kind of on that same subject. I believe that uh, we adapt. I mean, and we've always adapted to what it is and whatever kind of comes at us. And uh, I think that, to me, is exact same thing that's going to happen with this. I mean, there was a, there was a big push from the Realtor Association to be mm-hmm. able to fight this and uh, all of that. But I think it's 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 not like oh, it happened and now we we better find a new career because houses aren't going to sell anymore. I don't think right. that's going to happen at all. I think prices are and confidence is really good. And uh, 
I think 2018 is going to be a really good year for housing. I really Absolutely. Do. I agree a thousand percent. There's so many good indications that are out there. There's lots of things that are showing that we're not anywhere near trending towards bubbling again like we had before with bad loans and bad debts. We have good consumers out there buying houses that have good jobs. It's the way it's supposed to be. We're not as aggressive as we want to probably be with new construction or some of those other aspects, but that's okay. You know, I'd rather be behind it where we're looking ahead to growth and blue skies than to be, you know, oh my gosh, we're overbuilding again. And so we're in a good spot right now. I think that it'll be a very, very healthy 2018. I think the question is, though, is that so why isn't there more inventory on? You know, I mean, what would you say? Do you to mean, that? I, I, I can yeah. tell you because it's it, uh, when we're building new houses, they start at 400,000 now. I mean, I, we can build them in the threes, but you're, you're making decisions that are do I want two bedrooms and one bath with a two car garage? And people that want to build, they, they want three bedrooms, two baths, two car, one level is like we just talked about last week is the most popular. And Ramblers are very expensive per square foot to build. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where if you don't have a $300,000 budget, that demand still sits there because there's nothing to sell them. They'd buy it if you had it, but they just, there's nothing there to sell them. Yeah. But I think, I mean, when, when we say that the, the market's really good, I mean, why is that lower market? I mean, it, it may be your answer, but I'm looking for a different answer maybe. Okay. Um, but why is, why aren't more people putting on their stuff because the market is so good? I mean, are they, do you think it's that they're worried that, oh my gosh, I'll be able to sell mine, but I won't be able to find my next, my next one? That's a huge concern. Yeah. That's a huge concern for most people. They're like, where are we going to go? So what, what a lot of consumers are doing is they're positioning themselves with their lenders and they're saying, hey, if we saw a deal and let's say, you know, you pick the number that they want to have and say, if we find something, can we do it? You know, and what does it mean for us to have, you know, uh, for three months, if we had double payments, how do we pay for it? Where does it come from? And, and they'll help you strategize because if you're looking for that next move to the lake or you want one level living or whatever, there, there's sometimes those risks are worth the rewards and, and they can weigh outweigh the, the scariness of the, what if the market changes and I can't sell my house? Drop the price five grand and it'll sell in two days, you know, or whatever, the, whatever that's, you know, if you get nervous. And the builders are starting to create that inventory. And I think that's why people are going a lot towards mm-hmm. building because then they know that they've got it. It's not like, oh, we got to wait and sit and, oh, it might come, right. you know, hey, we've got it. We're going to build it. Um, you know, we'll sell our house at a certain time. So that that is a real good point, too, because I think a lot of people just think, well, there's no way I could buy another one without right. selling mine first. Well, right. you don't know that. You know, you should check it out because there's a ton of different programs that people are able to do, you know. Well, or you start the new one. You have you make several of the, the time-consuming decisions up on the front end. And then what happens is that you, you stop and you pause until you get an offer. Then they start building again. And then, you you know, it, there's a lot of different ways to do it so you can time it. Um, but, you know, with me, I think that there's there's a lot of these uh, consumers that are coming in and on the, the upper 400s that buy the houses that are, quote, worth the value, right? And what it does, though, is on the bottom side of the market, when people are upgrading, if you will, or somebody – I should – it's not like it's a class war, but it's more of a price point thing. So then there's more people that can afford to jump up in price with interest rates that are low. The key thing that I'm a little bit nervous of is when interest rates start going up, that payment goes up. And so then it'll slow down a little bit on the value appreciation train that's happening right now. But it's it always corrects itself and fixes itself over time and balances out. Yeah. The real estate market's always a, kind of a, a fun thing. Uh, to watch and to play with, um, you know, I've I've done a lot of that over the years, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm kind of coming to the point because it does it becomes where, where your lifestyle you want it to be, and it's just starting to get rid of all of it. You know, yeah. I mean, where I've owned a lot of it, and it's just kind of like you know what, no more. 
Right. It's, it's time to kind of do that. And I think people do that. And you've got to put a plan together. I mean, I get a plan because there's a lot of tax implications that are involved. And, you know, you don't want to just throw that all away. Right. So, um, well, look at all those people that, like, uh, from a couple weeks back, we did our, our uh, vacation destination, yeah, yeah. Belize and, and Nicaragua, and, uh, and how many people that were signed up for that tour. And it's it's exciting, man. You can make this next move be the best move you've ever made in your whole life, you know. And that's that's the thing that you want to position yourself to do. Set yourself up so you understand what the financial side of it is. Find yourself a great real estate agent that's going to put you in a smart spot. You buy a good property that doesn't need a lot of stuff to be done to it, right? And then all of a sudden you're well, you're set for home run. And I think talking to a an agent at any time is smart, even if you're not thinking about. I mean, I went over to a house in November that they're going to retire in four years. Mm-hmm. And I went over there in November to talk about it, what to do up for four years. I mean, yeah. that's called preparing. Yeah. You know, it was really, it was really yeah. interesting. But they want to know kind of what the long term fixes were, yeah. and it's smart. And then they kind of, kind of put them in. But the also the other part is, is that uh, they can enjoy it as well. We mm-hmm. talked about that. Yeah, you know that a lot of people. You know, we come over in November and they're going to put it on in February, and we just got them all new appliances and you know whatever the carpet and you repaint it. And I mean, we've had it where they say, oh, you know what? I think we're going to stay. <laughs> you know, it's better. But yeah. at least you can then you can enjoy. Enjoy it. So, sure. you were talking about new construction a bit ago. Why? Why is it that the ranch or rambler styles are more expensive? Well, you know, if you take the simple principles of you have to buy the land, that that doesn't matter. So that's an equalizer. The foundation is a certain size. The main floor is a certain size, and the roof is a certain size. If I take the roof and lift it up, I can still use the same foundation. I can add a whole other floor utilizing the same foundation, okay. the same roof. If I have Rambler and I want to make it bigger, I got to yeah. buy more roof, buy more foundation, and sometimes even find wider lots to make the. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. It's uh, if you want to ask your real estate question by phone or send a text eight one eight zero seven. We have about uh, two three minutes to go. Uh, any uh, other thoughts? Well, I was going to say, you know, kind of going on that Rambler talk, uh, one level living. I. One of these days, we got to do a, like a little survey or something about how many people actually use their basements. Because I mean, because one level living, I mean, I think that's why it's become the most popular. Because you mm-hmm. don't, I mean, a lot of times you don't use that. I mean, I remember in no. my my other house. I mean, we'd go down to our basement. You know, well, our kids would use it, but I mean, maybe two times a year. Right. You know, if there's a big party, you know, storage. Pool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And just the possibility, I think, too, that, you know, giving yourself the ability to be that chameleon that can change, you know, the color to give that new buyer someday when you do sell. You might live there 50 years, but when you do sell someday, that buyer may may buy or not buy your house because you don't have a basement. Because there's a whole other concept of one level living. We can also do slab on grade, which is very popular. And it's just make sure that when you're buying a house with slab on grade that you have that extra storage stuff because everybody has their holiday stuff. Everybody has the seasonal stuff they change in and out from the you know front porch or whatever. So you want to make sure to have that enough adequate space so you don't have to you know lease another uh, storage garage or something. That's a good point. Storage is always the big thing when people mm-hmm. uh, do a move down. You know, it always becomes storage. I mean, I'm, I'm driving. We've got to drive to Colorado today, bring my kid back and driving with him. And uh, But what's funny is that you know, he was going to, hey, I'm not going to bring much stuff. Well, I can't even see out the back window. I mean, it's completely <laughs> full. And I mean, that's just a college kid, you know, going. So, I mean, but storage is uh, a huge thing when it comes to that. And I think that's the biggest regret for a lot of people Yeah, when they make that move. Mm-hmm. 
We have one minute to go, and maybe we could find out how to get in touch with you guys. By the way, I was going to ask you, is there still the, the nosy neighbor button? We you betcha. Find? Actually, I had two people last week sign up after the show. We mentioned it. And the nosy neighbor, what it is, is you give us your address. We'll put in there, and it'll show you all the houses that sell right in your neighborhood, um, what they sold for. It also has the houses that go up for sale, so you don't have to bug anybody, and it comes yeah. right to your in-basket. So it's easy. Nobody bugs you. It's just kind of a courtesy. We've been doing this for years for the, the listeners. I think we have Where do we find that now? You go on either of our websites, so yep. chrisrooney.com or – It's an email-triggered report, so it will come yeah. through your email. So however you get a hold of us, just you know, we'll even call you back and get you set up, and, and you'll enjoy it. It's nice. Yeah, yeah it's prasky.com. So. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Spelled how? P-R-A-S-K-Y.com. Yeah. All right. And yours is? Chris Rooney. That's me. Okay. <laughs> Chris so Rooney. Hey, have safe driving. Who's driving? Uh, I'll be You're going to switch. You'll be driving. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right. We'll see you back here. Be safe. We'll uh, see you back here next week with uh, more of the Real Estate Show here on CCO. I can tell you I may get some snow tomorrow afternoon. Right now in the Twin Cities, our temperature reading 6 degrees below zero, heading for a plus four later today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.